Coming up on Locked On Dodgers, the Dodgers' long division title drought is over. They snap it at one year. Dodgers have clinched the division in just their 141st game. We're going to talk about the game itself, beating the Diamondbacks 4 nothing. We're going to talk about the Dodgers finding the perfect balance of celebration and acting like they've been there before. We're going to talk about Craig Kimbrough a little bit and just about the how awesome this 10-year streak has been for the Dodgers. So, Let's get Locked On Dodgers. You are Locked On Dodgers, your daily Los Angeles Dodgers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, Dodger fans. This is Locked On Dodgers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Dodgers your first listen every weekday morning. Remember, this show is free and available on all podcast platforms and on YouTube simply by searching for Locked On Dodgers. Or even better, go ahead and subscribe wherever you're watching or listening right now, and then you'll never miss a day because you know we're not going to. If this is your first time watching or listening, first of all, welcome. Uh, thank you for joining us. My name is Jeff Snyder. My co-host is Vince Semperio, although it's just me tonight uh, or this morning, whenever you're listening to this. I guess it's morning here, too, because I stayed up and watched the whole Locker room celebration after the Dodgers clinched. But anyway, Vince and I are both lifelong Dodger fans just like you are. We've also both spent time covering the Dodgers in the press box and the locker room, so we're not quite insiders, but we bring you the smart fans' perspective on our boys in blue every weekday morning. And as I said at the top, the Dodgers beat the Diamondbacks on Tuesday night 4 nothing to clinch the division, and it's their ninth division title in the last 10 years. After having their streak broken last year, uh, despite winning 106 games, tied for the most in franchise history, the Dodgers lost the division by one game last year. Well, this year there will not be a repeat of that. They have dominated the National League West basically from day one. It has been a a sight to see and a very enjoyable season so far. There's still 20, 21 games left in the regular season. The Dodgers, uh, it's still four weeks until they start the postseason so it's kind of crazy to be clinching this early, but it's crazy in a really, really fun way. And I want to start by talking, I'm going to talk a little bit about the game. Uh, I'll be talking about Clayton Kershaw's performance in the second segment. Um, but I want to talk about this celebration. I thought it was perfect. Uh, you know, Freddie Freeman joked that he'd never done a handshake line after winning a division before. And yeah, on the field, it was very businesslike, very, very di- uh very similar to a regular win. Like you have to look pretty hard to find any differences. You know, Max Muncy and Freddie Freeman gave each other a hug on the field, held it a little bit longer than they would have after a regular win. You know, there were little things here and there, but the the handshake line was basically, hey, we won another baseball game, 97th time this year. Good job. Uh, and then, you know, then they handed out the, the shirts that said, uh, we own the West, I think. Uh, they took a big team picture on the field and then they went in the locker room and they celebrated. Uh, it was, it was obviously an exciting moment, but it was also just another win. And it was a foregone conclusion for a month now, at least really more than that. I mean, since the all-star break, you guys remember if you were watching or listening back around the all-star break, I did an episode talking about what would have to happen for the Dodgers to not win the division. And my conclusion at the all-star break, which almost two months ago was, there's no way the Dodgers aren't going to win this division. So this really has been a foregone conclusion for a while. Uh, and so there is that little bit of you know, the old saying, act like you've been there, uh, which, you know, usually people are saying that as a criticism when somebody gets too excited about doing something. Uh, you know, do you, 
celebrate a touchdown too hard. You celebrate a home run too hard. Oh, act like you've been there before. And what I loved about this celebration, you know, the Dodgers, they acted like they've been there before, but they also recognized that part of that means understanding the importance of celebrating your accomplishments. And in that locker room, yeah, everybody, almost without fail, everybody who talked to David Vesse and Kirsten Watson on the postgame show, almost everybody mentioned, we still got a lot of work to do. Work's not done yet. This is just the first step. Something, one of those cliches that everybody knows and everybody believes, but also everybody had fun in that celebration. Everybody was excited, thrilled to be in that situation because like Clayton Kershaw said, how many jobs are there as a grown grown man where you get to dress up in costumes and then a couple of days later spray champagne on each other? It's awesome and it's part of what they play for. And so even though this is Clayton Kershaw's what, 11th division title in his career, he still enjoyed this one every bit as much. Even though the Dodgers will be extremely disappointed if they don't win the World Series this year, that doesn't change the fact that winning the division is an accomplishment. It's something they have done together as a team and being there celebrating with their teammates and seeing how much they mean to each other. It's great. You know, and and Clayton Kershaw and Dave Roberts, they both mentioned the guys who it's their first time, Uh, you know, Yancy Almonte, Andrew Heaney, Tyler Anderson. uh, These guys, they haven't been around forever. Yeah. The Dodger, more than half of the Dodgers current roster has won a world series in their careers. Like they have a lot of experience with this, but that doesn't mean everybody. There are some guys who haven't. And even the guys who have, they recognize, you know, Kershaw has said several times, you never know when it's going to be your last time to get to celebrate like this. And so never pass it up. And when you think about it, this is something, this is part of the baseball experience, part of the major league experience that these guys will be able to tell their grandkids, you know, they'll be watching a a clinching game or somebody winning a, a playoff series or whatever, 40 years from now, and they'll be telling their grandkids, man, I will never forget 2022 with the Dodgers. We clinched the the division after only 141 games. It was just a dominant season being there in the locker room with, with my brothers and, you know, celebrating that it was, it was one of the highlights of my career. And, you know, that sounds cheesy, but what's the point of being a major league baseball player, if not to create these memories that will last your lifetime? Sure. Being rich and famous is nice. Uh, being rich is probably more more nice than being famous. But uh, the the memories are what you'll take with you in addition to the money. Um, and they will look back on these celebrations with huge fondness. And we still look back as fans. We we remember, you know, some of the crazy celebrations in years past. Tim LaCastro with his shirt off. Tim LaCastro was not an important Dodger. Tim LaCastro, you blink and you missed his Dodgers tenure. Uh, maybe it's just my sister who remembers Tim LaCastro in the locker room without a shirt on. But, you know, that that one sticks out in in my memory. Uh, Yasiel Puig, you know, some of his crazy celebrations in the, in the locker room. Uh, you know, this one tonight was a lot of fun watching, you know, the, the Dodgers celebrate with each other. The Justin Turner picking on David Vassay a little bit. Uh, just everything about it was a wonderful celebration. And, you know, we've talked about how this team, they're really good at taking things one day at a time. So, you know what? We're not going to get caught up in the big picture. We're just going to, we have a game today. Let's go win this game today. And I feel like this was part of that, that, Hey, we won a game tonight and it meant something important. So right now we're going to celebrate 
Tomorrow we'll have a game and we'll win that game. And then we'll have a day off and we'll take a day off. And then the next day we'll have a game and we'll win that game. It's just, it's the next thing in line is time to celebrate this division title. And I'm very, very glad that they, you know, I I know that some fans don't think they should celebrate unless they win the world series. I'm a thousand percent against that. I think it's, it's so important to celebrate and I think they did it perfectly. No piling on each other on the field. No, you know, that would be a sign that, wow, we really feel like something's done. They know nothing's done. And the part you're going to remember is the celebration of the locker room with your teammates, your friends, your brothers, all of that. Uh, it's a, they, they nailed it perfectly. And I'm, you know, I'm excited to watch this again with, with my sons tomorrow. My sons were in bed cause they have school. Uh, so I'm excited to watch it again tomorrow when they get home from school and just watch all the interviews with everybody watch, because that's part of what I enjoy as a dad. One of the reasons we love baseball is it brings families together. And so I will have a lot of fun watching this again with my boys on Wednesday afternoon. Uh, yeah, I thought the Dodgers did great. And I just wanted to make the point that act like you've been there includes, knowing the importance of celebrating accomplishments as they come. Hopefully this is the first of several celebrations like this this year. And, uh, and we'll look back and, and it'll just be a great one. But for right now on Tuesday night, it's the only one that matters because it's the first time that they did something really important this season and the first of several, hopefully. So I'm going to come back in just a minute. I'm going to talk about Clayton Kershaw, his performance in this game, his performance in clinching games in general, and just the, the game in general, uh, the Dodgers dominating the, the Diamondbacks for the second game in a row. So thank you for making Locked On Dodgers your first listen every day, and please keep it Locked On Dodgers. Okay, guys, it's time to talk about a del- delicate subject. Are you finding the division a bit hard to clinch? Are you struggling to pop the cork when it's time to celebrate? If you can't tell, those are euphemisms, and this episode is sponsored by Blue Chew. Guys, we all know that confidence can take you far in life. That's especially true in the bedroom, especially when it's time to step up to the plate. That's where Blue Chew comes in. Blue Chew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, but in chewable tablets and at a fraction of the cost. You can take them anytime, day or night, so you can plan ahead or be be ready whenever an opportunity arises. The process is simple. Sign up at BlueChew.com, consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you're approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. The best part? It's all done online. So no visits to the doctor's office, no awkward conversations, no waiting in line at the pharmacy. Look, if I can talk about this on a podcast that my mother and my son both listen to on what will probably be our most listened to episode of the season so far, you can have a private online conversation with a licensed medical provider you don't see at the dinner table. Blue Chew's tablets are made in the USA and prepared and shipped direct to your door in a discreet package. They always say first impressions are important, but what about lasting impressions? So if you could benefit from extra, extra confidence when it's time to perform, chew it and do it. And we've got a special deal for you, for our listeners. Try Blue Chew free when you use our promo code locked on at checkout. Just pay $5 shipping. That's bluechew.com promo code locked on to receive your first month free. Visit bluechew.com for more details and important safety information. And we thank Blue Chew for sponsoring this podcast. All right, I am back. I want to thank you again for making Locked on Dodgers your first listen every day. It really does mean a lot to us. Uh, and we, we hope you'll keep doing that. We're going to give you all our contact info at the end of the episode. We would love to hear from you. If you're watching on YouTube, love to see your comments in, in the show, uh, on YouTube. If you're listening, tweet at us anytime. Uh, you know, we'll give you all that info at the end. Don't tweet if you're driving, obviously. Uh, but let's talk about this game. 
even though it was the big story was the Dodgers clinching the division. The smaller story was this particular game. And the Dodgers came into the game facing Merrill Kelly, who has been good against everybody except the Dodgers this year. Uh, he's been bad against the Dodgers, and that continued. He uh, he only allowed three runs in five innings, so his ERA for this game was only, you know, five-something. Um, so it actually lowered for the season against the Dodgers. But uh, going into the game, the Dodgers starting nine uh, – in their careers against Merrill Kelly have had a batting average of like 373 and an OPS well over a thousand, I think a thousand fifty seven. Uh that's like Hank Aaron in nineteen fifty-nine, uh, when he led the major leagues with a thousand fifty-seven OPS. That's the Dodgers OPS against Merrill Kelly coming in, uh, the starting nine. And so we what we hoped for was the Dodgers putting a little beating on Merrill Kelly and Clayton Kershaw pitching really well. It's basically exactly what we got. In the second inning, Joey Gallo hit a monstrous home run, a two-run homer to put the Dodgers on the board. Turned out to be all the runs that Kershaw would need. They did get a couple more in the third inning. Freddie Freeman hit a home run, even four feet farther than, than Gallo's. And then in the seventh inning, I believe, Max Muncy hit a solo homer to make it 4 nothing. That was the final score. Dodgers threatened a couple other times, but, but that was it. Uh, Clayton Kershaw went seven innings, seven shutout innings, two hits, one walk. He got a little help from his defense. Trey Turner made a great play, uh, diving to his right to make a, a diving stop and then a strong throw, one of the strongest throws we've seen Trey Turner make uh, to first to get the out. Mookie Betts made an outstanding play, leading off the bottom of the seventh inning. Jake McCarthy had a, a fly ball down the right field line that I I don't know how far Mookie had to run. I'm, I'm hoping to figure this out. It seemed like at least 100 feet, just so far to go, and he makes a sliding catch, uh, approaching the foul line. It would have been a fair ball, would have been a double or even a triple if he hadn't caught it. He catches it and comes up looking at the Dodgers bullpen with the, a look that said, look, I know I'm good, but even I'm impressed with what I just did. It was it was such a good catch, and Mookie's response was classic, just impressing himself. It, it made me laugh. Um, but this is uh, – Kershaw's fourth time pitching in a clinching game. Uh, fourth time pitching in a game where there was an opportunity to clinch. And he's 4-0. He has won all four of those games. He has clinched them all. In those four games, he has thrown 30 innings and allowed one run. That's a 0.30 ERA in those four games. I know people like to talk about his, his postseason performance. Uh, you know, there there's been some struggles. There's been some bad luck. There's been some bad management. There's been some, some bad luck with the bullpen, not helping him out. And, and yeah, there have been times when he hasn't been himself. Sometimes the other team cheats, you know, all sorts of things have contributed to Clayton Kershaw's postseason legacy. Anybody who thinks that Clayton Kershaw can't pitch in big games has never watched Clayton Kershaw pitch. This is not the first time that he has done this. He is dominant in huge games. Yeah. He's had some struggles, He's also had some great games in the postseason. Clayton Kershaw is the best pitcher of our generation, and I hope that we all, as Dodger fans, appreciate having Clayton Kershaw watching him. He's not the same pitcher he used to be. He threw one pitch tonight, 93.3 miles an hour, and we all freaked out because that's the hardest he's thrown in over a year. Um, Clayton Kershaw, when I was younger, when he was younger, used to throw a lot harder than that all the time. So... He's not the same pitcher anymore, and yet he's still so good. He his ERA is down to 2.42 this year. It's if he was 
if he was uh, had enough innings to qualify, he would be third in the National League in ERA, one point behind Sandy Alcantara, who's probably going to win the Cy Young Award. Kershaw, quality-wise, has been as good as just about anybody in baseball this year. Quantity, not as much. He's been on the IL twice. He, his body is not his best friend sometimes. But quality-wise, Clayton Kershaw is almost as good as he's ever been. He's different than he used to be, but he's almost as good as he was when he was at his very peak. And that's something I hope we don't take for granted, especially seeing him in games like this. It was perfect that Kershaw was the one who got the call for this potential clincher. The Dodgers have had circumstances in the past where they've, you know, I remember in 2013 uh, when the Dodgers clinched in Arizona, ended up jumping in the Diamondbacks pool. Uh, If I remember right, they had, that was like their third or fourth try at clinching before they finally did it. This time, first chance to clinch, the Dodgers did it because Clayton Kershaw put the team on his back and said, hey, guys, let's go clinch. Let's go win this division. Take it back. Get this out of the way. And then we've got four weeks to get ready for the postseason. What a great performance by Kershaw. Great. It's what we expect from him in these big games. And I hope that we are all appreciating it. I know I am, uh, and I hope you are too. I also want to talk a little bit about Craig Kimbrell. He got the, the, it wasn't a save. He came in with a four-run lead, but he got the last three outs. He hasn't allowed a hit since he started using Let It Go as his his song. Eight or nine straight hitless appearances. Hasn't allowed a base runner in his first inning of work in any of those appearances. He did have the one game in Miami when they tried to let him go a second inning, and he walked two guys. Other than that, he's been perfect in the last three weeks or so. Uh, this is what we expected from from Craig Kimbrell. And if you've been watching or listening to Locked on Dodgers for a while, you've heard me several times this year say, look, Kimbrell's stuff is still elite. So I think he's going to find it. I've said that repeatedly. A lot of you have argued with me. A lot of you have thought I was a homer for saying that. But the fact is, what we're seeing right now from Craig, Kim- Craig Kimbrell is a guy with elite stuff and confidence and command. And yeah, Doesn't mean it's going to keep happening. Doesn't mean he's going to stay dominant. But I think it's more likely than not because this is the Craig Kimbrell who has been around for his entire career. And whatever the reason that he was struggling with his command, struggling with his confidence, that's gone. And he is back. And I hope he remains back. But this is why you don't give up on a closure with elite stuff just because he's had whether it's bad luck or or bad execution or whatever, or a combination of the two, his BABIP was ridiculously high. Everything that was putting, being put in play was dropping in for a hit. That luck was bound to change. Some of it's luck. Some of it is, you know, making better pitches so that when they do hit it, they're not making as high quality a contact. But whatever it is, this is where you don't give up on Craig Kimbrell. And I'm so glad to see him. Uh, it was fun to see him getting these three outs. Hopefully he'll get the last three outs of the last game of the World Series. And that'll be a memory that we will all have forever. of Craig Kimbrell standing on the mound, celebrating a Dodgers World Series victory. Will Smith running out and jumping into his arms or whatever. That's what we're all hoping for sometime between November 1st and November 4th. We got it on September 13th. uh, Him closing out a clinching game and uh, kind of keeping his streak of awesomeness going. So I'm going to come back in just a minute. One more segment. I'm just going to talk about these last 10 years and uh, what it's been like to be a Dodger fan for the last 10 years. So thank you again for making Locked on Dodgers your first listen every day. And please keep it Locked on Dodgers.
All right, I am back. I want to thank you guys one more time for making Locked on Dodgers your first listen every weekday morning. It really does mean a lot to Vince and me. We love talking Dodgers with you, and we would love to hear from you either in the comments on YouTube or on Twitter or Instagram or whatever. Uh, you know, Let us know what you think, how you feel, how much you love the Dodgers. We want to hear all about it. Now, did you guys know that uh, the Dodgers before 2013 had never made the postseason more than two years in a row? And now, obviously, the first many years of the Dodgers' uh, history, the postseason was only the World Series up until, you know, the, the division era in the 19, 1969 was the first season. Until then, the postseason was just the World Series. But the Dodgers went to a lot of World Series, and yet they never went to more than two in a row. They went to two in a row in 1952 and 53, 55 and 56, 65 and 66, and then division era started, and they uh, they went to the postseason in 77 and 78, the first two years of my lifetime. They lost the World Series to the Yankees in both of those years. They went to the postseason two years in a row in 1995 and 1996, got swept in the NLDS in both of those years. That's the year I graduated high school and the year right after. Uh, they went to the postseason in 2008 and 2009 and lost the NLCS both years. Uh, I think both years to the Phillies, if I remember right. Uh, and that was it. They had never gone to the postseason more than two years in a row. Now, they have gone to the postseason 10 straight years. They've won the division nine of those 10 years. The one year they didn't, they won 106 games. This team, in the last 10 years, you had 2013. They were in last place after the games on June 30th. The la- When June ended... The Dodgers were in last place. They ended up winning the division by a lot. And uh and and you know, it, it was they had that remarkable streak starting in late June, going into August where they went forty two and eight. Uh just a great, great season. They finished ninety two and seventy, which isn't amazing, especially when you compare it to Team Sensen. That's uh their tied for their second worst record in this 10-year stretch 2014 94 and 68 2015 92 and 70 again 2016 91 and 71 2017 they had that great season one of the best teams we've seen they went 104 and 58 that was even with losing 16 out of 17 games in late august and early september uh just a dominant team you know, cruised through the postseason and then unfortunately ran into a team that was cheating in the World Series. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I know that Astros fans like to say, well, you still lost Game 7 at home. Yeah, there wouldn't have been Game 7 if you haven't cheated in Game 5. You know, it's not hard to figure out, guys. Uh, and, you know, Clayton Kershaw's legacy, we talk all about that. 2017, that Game 5 is one of the the dark marks on Clayton Kershaw's uh postseason legacy if the Astros weren't cheating Clayton Kershaw is probably World Series MVP in 2017 and he's now a two-time World Series champion going for his third one this year uh yeah no we're not gonna get over that no matter how many World Series the Dodgers win yeah the the pain goes away a little bit the sting goes away a little bit uh but sorry Astros everybody involved with that has lost all my respect forever uh so 2017 we know what happened 2018 uh Dodgers Played really well, or they, they had great underlying stats, but struggled, ended up having to go to one six, game 163 to beat the Rockies to win the division. 
then went to the World Series, lost to the Red Sox. The Red Sox also cheated that year, but we don't know have any evidence that they cheated in the World Series. It also wasn't the same extent as the Astros cheating, and the Red Sox were probably just a better team than the Dodgers. You know, no, can't really blame that one on the cheating. Uh, but then 2019, really frustrating uh, end to the season because the Dodgers were the best team in baseball, and they were the best team in the NLDS. And it was, you know, I, I'm – I'm pretty firmly in the camp of Dave Roberts as a very good manager. Uh, that one, that NLDS is on him bringing Kershaw back out in the eighth inning when they had eight rested relievers to get the final six hours of the game. There was no reason to bring Kershaw out there. He gives up the two home runs and the Dodgers lose that game in extra innings, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, that one was heartbreaking, uh, but you got to have the heartbreak to appreciate what comes after that. And what came after that was the COVID year. Uh, the world got turned upside down at the beginning of 2020, and we didn't know if there would be a baseball season. Finally, there was with no fans in the stands. It was weird. It was crazy. My, uh, if, if my camera was angled a little bit differently, let's see if I can do this. You can see my cardboard cutout from back then in 2020. Now I have no idea if my camera's back at the right angle. So uh, anyway, um, you know, it, it was a weird season. But the Dodgers were dominant. They went 43 and 17 that year, which is 116 win pace. And uh, and then they cruised. They ran into a road bump in the uh, in the NLCS that year. Went down three games to one, but came back, beat the Braves, and then beat the Rays of the World Series to finally win their first World Series since I was 11 years old. Uh, everybody who discounts that World Series because of the shortened season is disingenuous at best. A troll at worst. It was the hardest postseason in baseball history. The Dodgers were the first team ever to have to win 13 postseason games in order to win the World Series. And guess what? Only two of those games came at home. The rest of them, it was all neutral site, a month-long road trip living in a hotel, in a bubble, and the Dodgers won that World Series, the most grueling postseason in baseball history. And it was glorious, and nobody will ever take that from us. And uh, anybody who even tries to, I just, I just laugh because I know that uh, it's jealousy, and and that's okay. Jealousy is is okay uh, when it's on somebody else. I try not to act like that. Uh, then last year, the Dodgers went 106 and 56. Uh, unfortunately, the Astros went 107 and 55. The, Do- or the the Giants did. Did I say Astros? I feel like I said Astros. The Giants won 107 games to win the division. The Dodgers then played the Giants in the NLDS, got the revenge, and beat them in five games. But having to battle all the way to the very end of the season to uh, you know to try to win the division, they had to pay a price because they lost. Uh, Clayton Kershaw in the last week of this weekend of the season. They lost Max Muncie in the last weekend of the season, lost both of them. They both missed the entire postseason. Max Scherzer got tired, couldn't take the ball in the NLCS. The grueling NL West battle uh, cost the Dodgers in the postseason. And that was why they didn't win the world series because they ran out of gas against the Braves because they had to fight so hard to get to where they were. And, that's one of the great things about this season. Brings us to this season. They're now 98, 97 and 43. Uh, no, 98 and 43. Um, and they, they, they aren't going to have to battle to the very end. They now, they could take 
the rest of the season off. They could lose all their games. It wouldn't affect much. Uh, you know, they, they don't want to do that. They want to have the, – obviously, they need to clinch a first-round bye. Their magic number to do that, I think, is six. Uh, they want to clinch best record in the National League, so they have home field advantage in the NLCS. And ideally, they'd like to clinch best record in Major League Baseball, so they have home field advantage in the World Series, too. But they can let their foot off the gas, not let their foot off the gas. They can take these last three and a half weeks of the season with an eye on October. And that's really what they've been doing the last month or so. And that's what gives me a lot of hope because they haven't been going all out to win every game. And yet they are continuing to win almost every game. They're on pace for 112, 113 wins. And if their last 21 games go the way the previous 21 games have gone, they're going to win about 112 or 113 games. And, uh, you know, if they only win 110, okay, I guess we'll deal with that. Uh, but the Dodgers, this 10-year run, especially the last four years, going back to 2019, when they won 106 games, and then they were on pace for 116-win game in the shortened tw- season, then 106 again, and this year they're going to win more than 106. No team has ever had a four-year run like what the Dodgers are having right now. And it's so much fun to watch. And I hope we can remember that. That Remember, the teams that I grew up watching never went to the postseason more than two, two years in a row. The teams you grew up watching never did. It wasn't until 2013 that it became a, we are going to the postseason every year. And as a Dodger fan, I love it. And it makes me so happy. This was a fun night to watch the Dodgers clinch, to enjoy the celebration. I hope you all got to enjoy it. If you didn't, MLB TV, they show the uh, the postgame show now. And so you can watch the whole uh, locker room celebration on MLB TV. Just pull up the replay of the game and go to the end, and you can watch the locker room celebration. It was a lot of fun to watch. The Dodgers acted like they've been there before because they have, and they recognized the importance of celebrating this accomplishment. So that's going to do it for me today. I want to thank you all again for making Locked On Dodgers your first lesson every weekday morning. It really does mean a lot to us. If you're not watching or listening every day, we'd love if you had one or two days a month through your rotation. If you have friends or family who love the Dodgers as much as you do, please tell them about the show. Maybe they'll enjoy it too. Uh, you can uh, – or. Oh, yeah. Now, for your second listen, check out the Locked On MLB podcast. MLB expert Paul Francis Sullivan brings humor, passion, and unique perspective on every team and the biggest stories around the league. Follow the number one daily league-wide podcast, Locked On MLB, on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get podcasts. You can follow us on Instagram and on Twitter at Locked On Dodgers. Vince is on Twitter at Vince Semperio. I am on Twitter at Snydog, and the DMs are open in all of those places. Our email address is LockedOnDodgers at gmail.com. And our phone number for voicemails or text messages is 323-863-LOCK-5625. We are here every weekday morning, and we hope you'll be here with us. When you get in your car or sit on your couch, tell your smart device to play podcast Locked on Dodgers. And remember, you don't have to agree. You just have to listen. We'll talk to you tomorrow.